Welcome to episode 10 of No Crying in Baseball. I'm Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. That's me, and we are still here for your last-minute holiday shopping. You're coming really close. You don't know what to get your friends. Get them this episode of No Crying in Baseball. You know how you know it's Christmas? How do you know? Well, number one, I'm drinking a hot toddy out of a Santa mug. And number two, it's because I'm sick as a freaking dog. So welcome to the holidays. And when I'm sort of under the weather like this, I'm powerless to assert myself. And I've been watching Christmas romance movies. Wow. I know. That's How's a, that going? Poorly. Poorly. <laughs> I can't stop it. I keep trying to switch to The Punisher and Peaky Blinders and things that people you know expect from me. But no, it's Christmas romance movies. So I'm going to have to try to focus focus on baseball for a while to snap the heck out of Christmas romance movies. So I what do you got for we me? We should do a little baseball movie redirection. To, to kind yeah. of counteract the... But yeah, yeah, then it'll be baseball romances and it's all over. All right. Sorry. So, uh, so what do I got? So... Um, Tonight, I have a couple of issues with, well, not issues, but admiration for moms on social media. I love I think moms. This is adorable. I'm a I mom. love moms. You're a mom. moms We're are moms. And you know that our kids love to have us on social media, right? So, um, Yasiel Puig, our, one of our favorite Dodgers, the, yeah, there you go, blue hair, uh, is traveling with his mom, which is, you know, here we go. I have a beer in my hand, the most adorable thing. I'm doing it. And his mom's Instagramming it, and her hashtag is Mama Puig, which I think is just the cutest thing. Until we looked it up right before coming here and saw that Puig himself, Yasiel, is also hashtagging some of his posts Euro Puig, because they're touring around Europe, and Santa Puig for no apparent reason besides the fact that it's the holidays and Santa Puig is kind of a cute hashtag. That's just making me a little bit sad on the holidays. I, I, I don't know what to do about that. Santa Puig, Mama Puig is awesome. Santa Puig yeah. is pushing it. So I'm going to like go so far away from the holidays right now and, and, and enter right into straight up Jeter hate. Can I do Jeter hate? You know, I'm always okay with that. Santiago would love it. Let me tell you about Jeter hate. So we were complaining that Derek Jeter didn't show up at the winter meetings. We were complaining about Jer- Derek no, Jeter? No, no. We well, we were noting that. Okay, okay. <laughs> heaven forbid we have a bias about right. Derek Jeter. But... You know, there some people do, especially a lot of the Marlins fans. They're also engaging in very active Jeter hate right now. It's not just us potty mouth. So to his credit, Derek Jeter hosted a town hall for not all of the season ticket holders, but select season ticket holders. You know, putting all of the season ticket holders there still like would not fill one section of the stadium. Like, how, why do you have to limit that quantity with the Marlins at this point? I'm wondering how much there was some cherry picking going on because the the ah. fan known as the Marlins man, the guy who's always behind the batting cage and is all orange Marlins stuff, was not initially invited. And he's like the you know I the the biggest Marlins fan in in bright lights. He was eventually invited because I think there was some upheaval, um, but. He So Jeter did show up. He invited some season ticket holders to ask him questions. And these are a lot of very pissed fans. They raked him over the coals. And he stayed there and he answered their questions, including questions from, from, the, from the Marlin man. But my favorite quote from this whole thing, oh, media wasn't allowed to be there. Okay, so no media at the event. This wasn't recorded? This was not recorded, wow. right? So there were the lots of, there was a lot of social media about it, but there was not, you know, actual recording. But the one quote that was tweeted out was my favorite was Fan tells Jeter, It's ironic that town hall meeting is being held behind Budweiser Bar in left field because there won't be a ball hit in the area by the home team next year. 
Excellent. <laughs> so a little bit of Jeter hate, a little bit of, of, you know, I give him props. He showed up. He tried, but, you know, he's cleaning house like crazy. I mean, Stanton was a big thing, but I just found out that also two weeks ago he released a pitcher, Edison Volquez, who was the only pitcher in all of Major League Baseball in 2017 to pitch a no-hitter. The only and I think he's, he's got released. his naughty and nice lists mixed up. I, I guess so. I mean, the guy is rehabbing from Tommy John surgery, so he's not in his finest right now. And I know you got to get the roster numbers down, but really, the optics, as you would say, on that aren't really pretty. That that's ridiculous. Those are not good. But so Stanton has moved to the Evil Empire, and what did you learn about this? I had no clue that both Stanton and Judge have only played right field for their entire Major League Baseball career. And there's only one right field last time I checked. And so, so how are they going to choose? You know, it's uh, there are these stat cast stuff going on where they have the area of right field that they cover mapped out. And I don't remember which and which, but one is sort of lo- wide, so it covers a great width of, width of right field. So like and the range also, is left, right. Exactly, that mm-hmm. way. And then also inward, so toward third base. But the other is more narrow, but further deep, further toward, you know, possible home run territory. So maybe like saving that last minute home run. But which one is more valuable? Is I have the an idea. I where, have an idea. Where do you go? I think they should arm wrestle. That, and, and, you know, Stanton's nickname in my book is Forearm, so I pick him. I think that sounds good. That sounds good. It totally depends on what shape Fenway Park... Uh, not Fenway. Oh, damn it! Did she just go to Fenway immediately? Oh, There's man, no hope our for you. Gonna what, shape is, what shape what is shape Fenway Park? Yankee Body mouth? stadium is, and whether center or right would fit either of their... I'm just going to shut sure, the go fuck with, up now. Go, right? go with strategy. I'm, I'm going with arm wrestling. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. I was going to shut the fuck up, but I have one more uh, Yankees you know, adoring piece of news. And this is the exciting news. Did you get a Christmas wish? I am CC Sabathia has signed up with the Yankees you for another did. year. You got a Christmas wish. So I am very happy for everybody involved and anybody who knows, you know, wants to know why I'm so happy about this might want to listen to our last episode. Most excellent. Most excellent. And hooray for CC. So in other news, in other places that aren't Miami or New York, which are currently our two favorite places to talk about, it seems. The Dodgers, man, the Dodgers are moving money around like crazy. And the the idea appears to be, well, not only the Dodgers, but other teams get under their salary cap, save the bucks, because next year's free agency class is going to be huge. It's going to be Harper. It's going to be Machado. It's a lot of people that are going to cost a lot of money. So there are moves being made, not for success this season, but for shopping for next time. Yeah, I think also the Dodgers have been screwed for many years by the luxury tax. They're just going over their pay and that percentage increases every year. And I think they're at the point where "Mm, we really got to cut back. So So they're cutting back. They got to take a year off to reset that bar. So they're not paying so much in penalties because they're going to keep paying penalties, but it won't be so much. Yeah, but they got rid of a lot of people who maybe weren't really being productive with them anyway. Um, But I think one of the big ones is Adrian Gonzalez, uh, and they're getting Matt Kemp, and and I guess you're going to get back to Kemp a little bit, but getting rid of Gonzalez and the others, Gonzalez has been just a really an emblem, not not face of the franchise because he hasn't been there that long, but has been loving being at the Dodgers, and him agreeing to go because he had to waive his no-trade clause on it was a really conscious decision about what's best for the team. 
And I think that's just a little bit of heroic in baseball. He's not just looking at his own where he's going. And, and yeah, he, he got to um, pick a little bit. About, or Well, he gets to be free free agent. So well, he's, that's he's it. loose I mean, with there, that. there is some self-interest. Yeah. I mean, he he waived the no trade because that gets him to free, that gets him to free agency right. based on getting waived immediately upon arriving. I mean, he, you know, he went to the Braves and the Braves said, okay, you're free. Right. So it was like a trade on paper and then he's gone and he gets to be a free agent and make some actual money yeah. and go I, somewhere else. But I think in his heart, he would have loved to have stayed a Dodger. I think that's true. But he knew that what was best for the team. He just didn't produce last year. They have Camden's boyfriend, Cody, Corey, I forget which one is the, the, the <laughs> this BMX one. Okay, the Cody. <laughs> and and they knew he knew that it was best for the greater good of the Dodgers to go. The the little bit of his um his goodbye letter that was very tearful that sort of dug at me a little bit is when he said, I want to thank the Dodgers for being the best owners I ever played for. And, of course, where did he come from before the Dodgers? Let me guess. He came from the Red Sox in another <laughs> mega deal. And that just shows that he has a history of this. But, yeah. So mega deals, the, the big one this past week is Longoria, right? You got a, a franchise, a face of the franchise getting traded to the Giants. And an interesting thing was one of the, one of the pieces I read was, oh, he really wants yeah. to go play for a contender. So he wants to leave. And I'm thinking, then why the Giants? Well, it's an even year. So even the year. Giants have this thing for even years. So there's the, that's understandable. Um, I also really don't think he wanted to go. He, although he knows that they're rebuilding, he is such the face of the of the Rays. I mean, he's 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 the one who changed the team around, brought them to the World Series. He's has amazing stats for being a third baseman over the past ten years in Major League Baseball, but. He's one year shy of being in the ten and five rule. Oh, that sounds really inside baseball. What does that mean? This What's the ten and five all rule? All our, our great numbers. I think I understand this one. Do it. So, Explain if it. you have been a major league player for ten years and with the same club for the past five years, you have a veto on your trade. And so in one more year, he would have been able to say, no, I want to stay. So they're trading him now. But one year short of that, he doesn't have any say at all. Interesting. But at the same time, they're not screwing him. They're really taking care of him. I mean, the Giants is a really, for him, it's a really good place to land. They've had a hole at third base. They went through both, and shit, this relates to the Red Sox again, but Panda and Nunez, two third basemen, who they eventually traded to the Red Sox. But... They need a stable player at third base, and Longoria for the past ten years, he's been that for them. Is what what one of the you know top third basemen in the league? So, so it makes sense for both parts, or it doesn't make sense for both parts. What if his last season is where he's going? What if he's starting to fall apart? It could the, be. What if the slide begins now? Right. Yep. Yep. So who did the Rays get for Longoria? The Rays got my boyfriend. Which boyfriend? There's so Span. many. I know we have a lot. Denard Span, who um, oh. was my boyfriend on the Giants, just from like two weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, very recently. And it makes sense. You guys for... have broken up already. I, I feel really sad. And People so come and go so quickly. Here's my proposition: because Span is going to Tampa when we're on our raise week, I get to pick a new Giant because I need. I'm going to need. So I'm going to hang on to Span. Hang on to Span. 
and then pick a fair. new giant. I because I fair. want people who are on their real team. That makes so, sense. I, I, I couldn't have a dead guy, so okay. That, yeah, right. There you go. So <laughs> he sense to me. Spans the one who's coming in. Uh, so right. the, there's also two um, prospect pick, pitchers and Christian Arroyo, who's a young, really has a lot of potential infielder. Um, going with Span, but Span's a big name. But it, it's Span. I didn't realize grew up in Tampa. He's going so home. And he's going home. Okay, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, and Longoria, for a little bit of a of an actual addition for him is even though he's he's leaving his legacy team that he could have been on forever, and he's the face of the franchise. He's going to a place where there's grass on the field and fans in the seats. <laughs> Which does not exist Doesn't. when you're playing in Tampa Bay. So. It does not. He deserves fans. He deserves an audience I to play so. for. All right. All right. Well, I have I have two quick little things that happened this past week. One is you, Darvish, free agent, is still up for grabs. There are rumors about the Cubs. My favorite rumor is actually about the Astros because, for gosh sakes, he was instrumental in the Astros winning the World Series, so why wouldn't they want it? <laughs> right? Right? Sure. Sure. And speaking of World Series teams, our ginger beard from the Dodgers got married recently. There are no photos. God bless him. He didn't have a big publicity wedding, but Justin Turner's wedding was officiated by Oral Hershiser. And that just really makes me happy. I really wish I had known he was available to do stuff like that. I might have asked him if you knew <laughs> So that's that's our uh, oh that's, no we have a few more well, well, more for last week yeah I mean talking about players that we've been mentioning before here Cozart of the famous Donald the Donkey story which was the title of our two podcasts ago something like that go back to that podcast listen to Cozart Donald the Donkey and know that now he's not going to be playing with Vado anymore he got traded. To LA with Otani so. and the Angels. The, yeah, the Angels, Angels are going to be my team yeah, sorry, to watch Anaheim. for sure. I got to get that straight, Anna. And I think I may have already picked my boyfriend for when we get there, but you know. Ooh. Well, I mean, the guy brought a donkey. You got to like that. Oh man, you've got an in right there. I do. Right. I do. Well, talking about like boyfriend wannabes. Um, anyway, David Ortiz, who I keep slipping into the conversation somehow, even though he's not actually a player anymore. And because he's not actually a player, he's doing what most, you know, famous unemployed people do. And he's going to be the star of a reality TV show. Get out of town. It's on Fusion Channel, whatever the fuck that means. And the title is Poppy Needs a Job. Because there was he does actually, need a job. <laughs> there was a little, like, preview of this with the series commercials. And I forget, I forget what the commercial was for, but it was him going to different places saying, you know, I'm retired now. Like, what do I do? Well, like Pizza Hut? Yeah. Well, no, they had him play in sort of a a pickup baseball league in Weston, Massachusetts. He'd be and, good at that. Yeah, he was good at that one. <laughs> there was one of him like mowing the lawn somewhere, but basically it was just like seeing what people do who aren't professional baseball players. And I guess that's the focus of this TV show. So every week he's going to get a new job. I think you get to like write in or tweet in what you want him to do and... He gets to try out being a plumber or being a teacher or something like that. I bet you might like have that. some ideas about this. And what I'm thinking is he may need a job, but he does not need the money. No, he's, right? he okay. is having a fucking blast in his retirement. I he's am sure he is. going for it. So that's a boyfriend from the past. And I have a quick little note about a boyfriend from the past. My, As you may have heard in a previous episode, my very first baseball boyfriend was Omar Vizquel. And there was just a really nice piece on Cut 4 about... It was an anniversary of when he when he signed with the Indians, and it showed some of his fabulous, sexy defense, great stories, good smile, nice. And the very end of it, I thought that you would like potty mouth. He was talking yeah. about well, the, the 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 writer of the story was talking about how when Altuve was coming up, 
he was inspired by Viscal and he idolized Viscal and that seemed to turn out okay. Yeah. So that that made me happy. I thought it might make you happy too. Well, yeah, and the, the pictures of the young Altuve are just priceless. We are moving this week into um, Blue Jays and Padres boyfriends. So what do you got for the Blue Jays? So this was a fun week because I really got to play the field, so to speak. <laughs> there really wasn't a lot pulling me in one direction or another when I looked at these teams and I had no hard feelings against any of the teams. So Blue Jays, I went for their face of the franchise. I went for their elder statesman, Josh Donaldson, and I went there also to give another shout out to our beloved producer for Donaldson being an Auburn alum with the War Eagle and he post he posted his picture with the Eagle. So that gives him some points as far as no crying in baseball podcast goes. Also, what gives him points is hair. Good hair. Yes, good hair. So uh, a couple years ago in January of 2016, this this cryptic picture appeared of him of um, on Twitter of not only having a mohawk, but a heavily braided mohawk. And it was just gorgeous, blonde. That's not good hair. It, well, uh, interesting hair. Okay. Unique hair. Notable hair. Notable hair. And a lot of people saying, what the fuck are you doing braiding your mohawk kind of hair? And this must be really There's so long. many questions. So, so many questions. Soon after the answer came out, he had a small cameo role on the History Channel series, The Vikings. <laughs> and he was a glorious Viking with his long, blonde mohawk hair. And not only that, but he went back for season two. And that was about right about this time last year. So I'm really waiting. Are we going to get the maybe season three notice anytime will soon? It, will he get a bit my makeover for that? What, what are the Vikings wearing these days? I, I just don't know. no idea. I just hope he sticks it out with uh, mm-hmm. the Blue Jays because he could fly as the way things are going. But um, the, the, before we leave the before I leave the Blue Jays, I just want to give a, one more shout out to uh, Vlad Jr., who we've been talking about, who's a Blue, Blue Jays prospect, son of Vladimir Guerrero, uh, who's going up for the Hall of Fame soon. He had, I think it was just a triple, but he hit his triple and he got to third base and he did this sort of like Selena hip swing, like he just had this this really <laughs> hip gyration going. I have a little video clip of it that I will pass on to El Jefe and he can decide if it's appropriate or not. If we can if, share if with the class or not. If it reaches our standards. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Okay, so when I started looking at the Blue Jays, remember last week we looked at the Mets and all of the Mets we picked, all of the Mets, period, had had injuries. There was like a common theme, like they were all recovering or just going to go have surgery or hopefully they'll be back for opening day. The Blue Jays have a weird number of people that have been suspended or otherwise reprimanded for inappropriate language for using slurs for do- so that's my kind of team how did i no not no, find no. That you out? don't you don't use slurs oh, no. like this now uh, this is a potty mouth inappropriate language i'm gonna yeah but this is inappropriate as in bad to other people oh, as in demeaning shit. as in yeah so that narrowed down who i was looking at Damn. so i'm actually picking a guy who's brand new to the blue jays right so Aledmi uh, diaz is uh, a shortstop who just got picked up from the cardinal so he's just starting with the blue jays and um Back to the Christmas movies for a second. What I learned by all of these Christmas romances, a lot of the themes are second chances. The holiday season is a time to right the wrongs and try again. In those movies, you're often like going back in time or coming back from the dead to do it. So that's weird. But this isn't that weird. This is just a second chance. So Diaz had a great 2016 and a not so great 2017. So everyone... At least everyone on the Blue Jays is hopeful that he just needs this new this restart, this reboot to go back to where he was a year ago. Because in 2016, in his rookie year, 
He was an all-star as wow. a rookie. That's huge. He was also, this one is really cool. He was the first player in history to sustain a 500 batting average after 50 at-bats. That is just outstanding. And a little bit of his backstory, he actually, he was playing on the the Cuban national team. And when they were in the Netherlands, he defected, got picked up by Major League Baseball until they found out that he was lying about his age. Wow. Because there are rules, as we've talked about ad nauseum about Otani. There are rules about how old you have to be to participate in the international draft and all of that. So he was, he couldn't play for 18 months. So he actually played in Mexico for those 18 months until he was actually as old as he said he was to then play in Major League Baseball. But when he grew up in Cuba, he was good friends with um, with Jose Fernandez, who you may remember we, we lost in a tragic boating accident yeah. in 2016 when he was playing for, for the Marlins, a pitcher for the Marlins. They actually played together and they played against each other in Cuba. And so when... So, you know, a lot of baseball came together for um, for uh, Fernandez's memorial and all of that. And then the next game that Diaz played in, he hit a grand slam in honor of his buddy, which was pretty sweet. That's incredible. So in the name of Holiday Miracles, Second Chances, I'm hoping that, that, that Diaz will come back from his 2017 slump and brand new team, brand new restart. He seems to be a good guy, except for the whole lying about his age thing. But who doesn't do that every once That's, in a while? It's all right. He, so, so Diaz is my guy for the Blue Jays. Yeah, it's kind of, he was going to get carded. You know, you, it's, it'll you happen. You it'll happen. So Padres. So Padres. So I didn't know what to do with the Padres. I don't know anybody who's a Padres fan. And I looked the, the roster over and nothing. Thing jumped out at me. So I just decided to sort it by the average, by batting average. And it was like the first four were under 100 games. So I was like, that doesn't count because they don't have enough games to have a good average. And so I looked at number five and I don't remember who it was. Damn it, I should have looked it up. But um, I looked that person up and there was nothing that jumped out at me. But number six is Carlos Esuaje. You just want to say Esuaje. Exactly. He just has the <laughs> coolest name, Esuaje. He's from Venezuela. He's 26 years old, so he's on the young side, second baseman, average was 270 last year. And then I looked into his details a little more, and El Jefe's going to kill me, but there's a Red Sox connection. He not only was a prospect for the Red Sox, but he played for the Lowell Spinners. Now, the Lowell Spinners are a minor league team, not you know below Pawtucket, so I guess it's double A that feeds into the Red Sox. And my dad lives in the town over. So, like, they play in my dad's backyard. That's pretty awesome. So that says the boy next door. Oh, my God, you're dating the boy next door. So cute. And when he went to the Padres, the Red Sox got Kimbrel, which is the closing pitcher that's made all the difference in the past few years. So that was a big deal. But what really sealed the deal, what I really love about Asuaje, is there was a game last year that wasn't being televised. It was just on radio, and his mom was listening to the game. He got hit by a pitch. And he got pulled out of the game. And his mom, I can totally relate to this. She got nervous. They didn't say anything about him. He left the game. She didn't know what happened. So she tweeted at Padres, is Carlos Esuaje okay? This is his mother. Thank you. <laughs> the cutest, most adorable social media Cheers. mother tweet. There's number two. And needless to say, he was fine. He was mortified. <laughs> He had an interview That's where he was talking awesome. about how he had a little chat with his mom. But, oh, I love his mother. That's... I love his mother, too. Wow, that's pretty great. So 
I actually do have a couple of Padres connections. One is I lived in San Diego for a long time, but it was a long time ago because I'm older than dirt. So they don't even play in the same place as when I lived there. But my friend Holly got married at a Padres game. At a Padres game. You can't get better than that. And, you know, she tried to help me, but she hasn't lived there for a while now either. So... It, her, she tried hard, but I had to actually do it myself. I think she was giving me my wings. Ooh, it's another like Christmas romance movie. That works. She, I was I was being empowered to go out on my own and make my own decisions. And so, who I found was um twenty five year old catcher Austin Hedges, and I started out looking at him because the the stories I was finding about him were about defense and defense is sexy Sexy. and how he's probably going to be a contender for a golden glove which is great and one of his stats is he's he's third behind only posey and barnhart in caught stealing percentage boyfriend boyfriend posey right so that's a that's a cool thing right he's got a great arm he's got a good glove that's all fantastic and then the thing that sealed the deal his walk-up song he walks up to George Michael's Careless wow. Whisper. Nice. And I always criticize walk-up songs if they don't have oomph, if they're not intimidating. If they're not... And then I thought, that's pretty freaking intimidating, right? I mean, because it's going to confuse the heck out of everybody else. And San Diego has made kind of a big deal out of this whole Careless Whisper thing. They've started a Friday night home game thing called Austin Hedges' Saxy Section. I want to go there. Well, when you buy the ticket for the saxy section, you get an inflatable saxophone and sunglasses. So you can air sax. Road trip. Road trip for for when Hedges walks up. And, you know, you might think that that walk-up songs are a joke, but they are no joke. Because the first three games after he changed his walk-up song to Careless Whisper, he homered three times, three games. Pretty awesome. That's totally understandable. So that's going on our list. Yeah, I just want to add um, before we leave our dear Padres that their AAA affiliate is the El Paso Chihuahuas, and <laughs> and they have T-shirts with like an attack Chihuahua on them, and I just want one. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm good with that. So I think we're gonna have to put San Diego on our list for um, for the Grand Tour, but um, before we tour stadiums, because we're staying at home for the long cold winter, we should talk more about. Facial hair. Yeah, I just just a short facial hair thing because we had so much fun with the actual hair of Josh Donaldson. Um, Archie Bradley, who's a D-backs pitcher, has been using his beard for good purposes. He Tell me, went, what's he been doing? He went dressed up as Santa to the Arizona State Vanderbilt uh, basketball game, and he was uh, heckling from the sidelines, dressed up as Santa, and I guess he caused Vanderbilt to miss a foul shot because he was voicing himself with his beard with his santa authority so and possibly a giant red suit there you go so facial hair for the good facial hair and for the holiday festivities well it shows that he you know believes in you know more than one sport this is a good thing he's you know helping the home state i like it yeah i like it using using your beard powers for good all right, so now we're kind of looking at some bigger issues around the world of baseball, and you found something really interesting that kind of follows up on things we've talked about yeah, before. Yeah, after we were talking about Adam... Adam Jones. Jones. Yeah. I, you know, I was you know he's crazy. your boyfriend. You're going to want to remember his name because that could be really embarrassing Damn for you in the wrong situation. Like I'm just saying. Man, I can't remember Jones. That's really, really bad. Huh. Last week... You can we're... say a swahe, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last week, we were talking about Adam Jones, and that led to the percentage of African-American players on the Red Sox, which seemed pretty reasonable until 
I started looking at the rest of Major League Baseball, which is actually very ironic with the Red Sox being the last to integrate. Having the best right now percentage of African-Americans on their starting lineup is quite a swap that, of course, nobody gives enough credit to. But um, the percentage of African-Americans in Major League Baseball is at a really bad low right now. And we have to look at it and we have to think about what's going on. In 91... 18%, which is still a pretty low number of Major League Baseball, was African-American. And in 2017, it's down to 7.7%. Seriously? That's a huge drop. like a huge drop. Strangely, well, I don't know if it's related or not, but the Latino percentage has gone in the other direction, but even more powerfully. In 1991, there was 14% Latino. And in 2017... There was 31.9% Latino. So that's a pretty big change around the same uh, time. What jumped out at me about this, though, is when you were looking at the the African-American numbers, today, or actually, if you look at this whole span, the wins against replacement stat for African-Americans was way higher than the league average. So that means to be an African-American in Major League Baseball, you have to be way more successful than the average player. This is dancing backwards in heels. Exactly. That is what this is. Exactly. So what leads to that is what we all have to take a really good look at. Major League Baseball has to take a damn good look at and say, why are only the uber most talented African-Americans playing at this point. And even though the Latino number is high, I'm wondering if it's similar in that situation. Because if you're looking at the population of Dominican Republic, of Venezuela, these kids are putting their, their absolute hopes in being baseball stars. And out of the kids who dedicate their life to it, it's a very small number that actually make it to the U.S. So that number is increasing as far as a percentage of Major League Baseball. But if you look at the overall population, I don't know. I did see one interesting piece in this story that was trying to explain, not defend, but explain the change in African-American percentage. Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball teams now carry many more pitchers than they used to and far fewer utility players. Far fewer infielders and outfielders, and that's what that means. And so it's a narrower pool to draw on for it to find pitchers to fill out the larger number of pitcher spots available. And connected to that, out of the the population of pitchers, African Americans are actually a very small percentage. So if you look at their percentage overall in Major League Baseball, is one thing. But very few of them are in pitching. It's mostly in the outfield. So you have to look at where does that come from? I mean, I think I think somebody should give me a shitload of money to a really good study. You'd be so good at that. I would be great. I can go talk to people. I would have a blast. We need to we need to look at where is this coming from. But it's a trend worth worth investigating. We're talking about Asian at also, and until very recently, the percentage of Asian players was just non graphing. It just wasn't on the chart. But it's creeping up slowly, and especially with pitchers. And this has a lot to do with these international trades. So I think we have to look there also and see what's going on. Very interesting. I'm going to tell you a story about a black pitcher that I never heard of until today. And I bet you never heard of her either. So her? Wait, what? It's a her. It's a black pitcher. So I learned today something brand new. 
three women played in the Negro Leagues. The with, Negro Leagues. With all not, men. With all men, except for those three women. One of those women was a two-way player. We thought Otani was a, was, was a big deal because he's a two-way player. Well, let me tell you that Marnie Peanut Johnson, who was 5'3", potty mouth. Excellent. She was 5'3". She towered over me. She got the nickname Peanut because a batter that she was facing down said, you're no bigger than a peanut. And it stuck. So she pitched. Awesome. She pitched for the Indianapolis Clowns in the Negro Leagues for three years in 1953, starting when she was 17 years old. Whoa. She, Your kid's almost 17. She wanted to play for, what was it called? The All-American Girls League. The, the, the league made famous by a league of their own. Wow. Did not allow black players, which we didn't actually notice in that movie. Now, did we? No. I, no. I was shocked. Yeah. So instead, so she couldn't play with the other girls, so she played with the boys. <sighs> That's amazing. Which is pretty damn cool, uh, you know, at that level that, that she could And she said, I had 26 brothers. And I caught a- Wait, oh, what? 26? Well, her teammates. Oh, her teammates. So she said they, they, they were all gentlemen. They all, they all treated <laughs> her like their little sister, her little tiny 5'3 sister. Um, but I caught a clip from a couple years ago. She was being interviewed about Monet Davis, you know, the, the, oh, the girl who amazing. pitched for the, you know, in, in Little League and was you know on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And she said, I look at her and I see myself when I was her age. That's so cool. Which is pretty darn cool. And it turns out, this is also news to me, um, there is a Negro Leagues baseball museum in Kansas City. So I think... That has to go on our road trip uh, itinerary. Road trip. We've got to keep a list here. We have to keep a list. And I have one more note. I have one more note following up on big issues from previous weeks. We talked about how um, different industries are um, all the the sexual harassment and the inappropriate behavior. Things are like taking down one industry at a time, entertainment and politics. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned like one or two baseball stories. Turns out. That um, Bob Bowman, whose name I didn't know, but I knew his mm-hmm. work. He's the guy who created the At Bat app, which I look at every single day. Yeah, me too. He set up MLB.com, which I look at every single day. Yep. MLB TV, so streaming games live. He retired last month. And he, it was billed as he's retiring and look at all the great work he did and he's fantastic. Turns out now he was asked to leave because of inappropriate behavior, which included... Calling his female staff members, I'm going to go with C word because I, you know, I got a potty mouth here. I'm still not going to say that out loud. Oh, man. By um, bringing. I it wasn't my story. By, by hiring, um, let's say, professional women to help um, fill out uh, guests at a party, to entertain, you know, at a party, bring out the guest list and make it make sure everybody's happy. Shoved a Red Sox executive. Whoa! And that's where we draw the now line. Now you're upset. Now you're upset. So yeah, interestingly, El so Jefe's upset too because I just screamed. Sure in you his did. Ear. Sure you did. So, um, but so this is like the number two one to kind of get some attention. So I'm curious to see if this continues. Yeah. So um, it's Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. I think right now. Is that where we're at? That's that's where we're at right now. Right. We're, we're kind of you know so uh, maybe things will calm down at least for the weekend, so people can take some day days off and maybe have a a Christmas miracle or two. And um, I wanna I wanna leave you with a thought about Christmas romance movies. Okay. I after watching way too many because I'm too weak to turn them off. I've realized that Christmas movies are the DH. They're the designated hitter. Of the film industry. How how's that? How's that work? Because how else are C. Thomas Howell, Cheryl Ladd, and Barry Boswick going to get any work if it weren't <laughs> for Christmas romance movies? Works for me. How long till spring training? 53 days, 7 hours, 8 minutes, and 20 less than that seconds until you get to see some baseball. That is such a hopeful thing. So have a lovely uh, Christmas holiday if you celebrate. Otherwise, we'll see you in a couple of days. 
Don't forget to find us on Stitcher, on Spotify, and give us a good review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear.